Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of First and Last. My name is Josh, and with me this week, as usual, we've got Joe. Hey, man. I am Jimmy. What's up, pals? <laughs> pa- pal? You like faded out there. There's still one left. There's one pal. <laughs> you got one pal. You've lost your following, Jimmy. Fallen from grace. <laughs> uh, banned on Twitter. Twice. Sure. That was um, no, no, that wasn't. It was a little bit someone a little bit more high profile than you. Um, how's everybody doing? How's everyone weeks? You know. Uh, yeah. G- good. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You guys doing good? Saw the sun today. That's always nice. Yeah. <laughs> that is. I, I suppose that's really true. Made come back. Sign that summer is uh, <laughs> approaching. <laughs> Hope so. Mowed the lawn today, like some kind of adult. Oh, that's fun. First, first lawn mow of twenty twenty one. Is it fun, Joe? Do you enjoy mowing the lawn? Of like the household tasks and chores, I yeah, I really do like mowing the lawn. I don't know what I it is about it. Like it's just something about like getting to walk around and like groom stuff. But it's also like you're just walking around, like you don't need to like bend over to dig anything or cut anything. You're just walking <laughs> with a thing. Yeah, put on some music, blast it in your ear holes. Cause yeah, I was gonna loud. say, I, I I don't do that because that sounds like yeah, you're just blasting that music into your ears when it's already loud outside. Oh yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, how do you think I catch up on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea that it Joe's like, yeah, I like uh, I like mowing the lawn. There's no bending. Therefore, yeah. that's why I like just things. upright the whole time. <laughs> hey, Joe, what's up? You want to go? You want to go do something today? He's like, will they be bending? Yeah, well, I, <laughs> well, I no have bending. to bend over because then I'm out. <laughs> oh man. So good. All right. Well, this isn't your premier bending podcast, <laughs> Joe. What is first and last uh, for the uninitiated? Uh, it's a TV pod where we just take the pilot and the finale and judge an entire show based on that. We like to just, you know, dive into the first episode not knowing much, try to make some predictions before the final episode, and then see how we did. And see how we did we shall mm-hmm. today. Because I'm taking you kids on a journey. Ooh, oh, boy. To the center of the earth. Is Brendan uh, Fraser involved? No. Because I, I don't do want believe... anything to do with it. If he is. <laughs> I do not believe uh, Brendan Fraser has anything to do with what we're about to watch. But yeah. I do have a question uh, for my reveal. What do you guys know? Uh, what do you guys think these three things have in common? The X-Files. J.J. Abrams and Dawson's Creek. That's the hint of what show we're doing today. J.J. Hmm. Abrams. Felicity. We already, <laughs> we already did, did Felicity. We already did Felicity. <laughs> Say that again. X-Files. X-Files, J.J. Abrams, and Dawson's Creek. So does this show star like Scully and I don't know. 
Hmm. What's the name of the guy who's on Dawson's Creek but not Dawson? He's like Pete or something? Uh, Pacey? Pacey. Yeah. I could see him being in other shows. I feel like we did uh, another show that he was in, didn't we? Did we? Yeah. Probably I at could, this point. I mean, we did the Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, which was James Vanderbeek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who who played Dawson, right. the, the titular character of the creek. Mm-hmm. But you are right, Joe, and, and that's in that scenario that Pacey or Joshua Jackson, as his real name is, mm-hmm. uh, is an actor in the show. Ooh. So you have uh, you have Kay. cracked one third of the code. <laughs> so are we, are we watching uh, a Mighty Ducks? <laughs> Do you know of a Mighty Ducks TV show that I don't know about <laughs> or something? I mean, there there is a new one on Disney Plus now. Mm. Oh, really? Is a, Joshua Jackson reboot? I don't think they could get Joshua Jackson, but a lot of those early kids are in it, which I don't understand because they're definitely adults. Hmm. And Emilio Estevez. All right. Well, this show was created by J.J. Abrams, so that's where he comes in. Um, it's starring one of the lead actors in it is uh, Joshua Jackson. And it's essentially a, a show that kind of filled the X-Files oh. void for people. It's like back the Fringe or something. It is called Fringe. You the are fray. correct. The Fringe. Not not just Fringe. <laughs> I'm going to call it The Fringe. This is Jabrams, huh? <laughs> that makes yeah, it was created, a lot of created sense. Created by Abrams. And, and two other people, Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Ort. Orchi, Orsi? I don't know how to say his ah, last name, unfortunately. Because mm. I'm a big dumb dummy. <laughs> you, um, you gave it a yeah. good shot, and that's as far as we're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll try to say your name, and then I will tell you that uh, it's me, not you. And there's a reason why I can't say it. Uh, this show ran for five seasons, went 100 episodes, exactly. And then it was on from 2000, uh, 2008, September 2008, until January of 2013. You hmm. liked this show. Did you actually finish it? I believe I have seen all of this show. I couldn't tell you what in the world happens at the end. But I remember, I feel like in my mind, it had a good pilot. So I'm curious on what you guys are going to think about that. Okay. Um, Joshua Jackson's one of the main characters. The other one is played by Anna Torv. Um, if you don't know who that is, I think you'll recognize her when you see her. Oh, and um, Lance Riddick, who is in every like cop show ever, detective guy, and John Noble, who is in uh, uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> Yes. He's he's yes, the, he was. the uh oh what's his character? The the keeper or whatever. The keeper of Gondor. For some reason I wanna say it's like Denethir. Because they don't have a king. <laughs> that uh, something like that. It really might be close to that. He's Boromir and Faramir's dad. Uh Denethor. Goes crazy. Denethor. So I was close. Yeah, well done. He lights himself on on fire and jumps off of the high like <laughs> castle <laughs> wall. Yeah, there's Good no times. way I knew that. I must have I must have read that word uh, like earlier today or something because there's no way I would have pulled Denethor out of my butt. 
without uh, I was impressed having read it read it I never would have um been. have either one of you actually seen any of the show or know to care more about it I I've never seen it um I feel like I might have heard of it right now and well, a lot of times I'll like read the Wikipedia to just like see what's going on um mm-hmm. but with this one because I feel because I know nothing about it I'm just looking at the Google image search oh interesting <laughs> I'm making a judgment based on that just soaking in the images that's excellent what are you seeing that's a good walk idea us, walk us through your visual journey joe um so first of all there's just a lot of photos of like of like bangs because i think that's like a type of like bang is like a fringe <laughs> it's like a choppy bangs okay um so there's a lot of that <laughs> um but when i try to look at the photos from the show like it does like i see a lot of people like in suits um we were just talking about the like video game control just before this yeah. um and it's kind of got a control vibe it's like there's this woman who's like very prominently center of all these photos that's anna torf by the way mm-hmm. so. and she's wearing like a like button-up shirt with a suit coat and like everyone else surrounding her is kind of like like their wardrobe is like flowy. Like someone's jacket is like flapped open. It makes me feel like someone here has telekinesis or something. <laughs> so it has a control vibe. So you mean yeah. it's going to frustrate me endlessly? <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, just immediate immediate death. Sixty seconds to reload. I mean, actually, <laughs> in, in a in a way, that's actually a pretty good uh, like way to describe it is kind of being a mix of the x-files and the video game control for anyone that's actually played it Mm -hmm. or knows what it's about it's uh okay got that like uh kind of how vibe so is it in is it actually in the x-files universe is that confirmed or like no they reference it like it's a show that they know i don't think it's technically in the universe i don't think they have the ability to just like declare that (laughs) by any means um i think potentially in this first episode there may be some sort of x-files uh easter egg or something within it um the team the team are the people that are in it they are in the fbi like that late that's why she's wearing her like you know fbi suit or Mm -hmm. whatever so Mm -hmm. they're they're definitely fbi people and instead of uh, the X Files like unit or whatever that just mold, that made up Mulder and Scully <laughs> at all, I believe that this is like the fringe science unit of the X Files or something like that, which is essentially like a small like pushed away section, kind of like 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 Mulder was in, right. in the X Files. Love it. Yeah. So, um, and this is, oh, what, what go. So I was just going to say, so it's just X-Files in the, what, the aughts or what? Late. <laughs> yeah. 08 to 13. Love it. Millennial X-Files. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I can remember correctly, uh, I think it's, it's less of like how X-Files is definitely like there's werewolves and, and aliens and stuff. I think uh, this is 
fringe quote unquote science. So it's one of those like, oh, everything has an explanation, you know, mm. it's kind of how it works until it obviously somehow, you know, in later seasons goes completely wacky. Mm. Lunatic fringe. The lunatic fringe. <laughs> um, does either one of you, before we get into the first episode, t- dare to take a crack at maybe what's going to occur? Hmm. Um, I think that what's the name of the lady again? Anna Torv. Yes. Um, I think her name is Olivia in the show. I think Olivia is like interviewing for a job at some just like nondescript office job. And then she gets offered the job, but it turns out like what she thought was like a low level position. Um, she's actually just like the director of her department now. Um, because she's been just like chosen by some sort of entity. Um, okay. And so she needs to figure it out from there. Um, as the, the new director of her bureau. Ooh. I feel like you're just half describing, uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot control. of that was control. Yeah. That was the, <laughs> those are the things I can understand about control. <laughs> the rest of it. No idea what's going on. Great so game. Though. Her brother's missing, <laughs> and she needs Joshua Jackson to find it. And he's going to be wearing a hockey jersey at some point. <laughs> okay, I was going to. I'm. I mean, I'm glad Jimmy at least that you you brought him in there because I was going to ask Joe how Joshua Jackson fit into this whole uh, becoming the director of a whatever. Um, is he I don't the guy know. that interviews her <laughs> like i assume they work together yeah maybe he's the guy he's like he's there um i don't know that he's necessarily superior but like he's the guy that's there and can explain things to her because she's new maybe okay. there's a little romantic tension who knows we'll see where it goes hmm. oh you want to over you want to over under joshua jackson kisses in this one <laughs> I feel like in all of the cover art I'm looking at, they're not really like there's not a whole lot of warmth between them. <laughs> mm. Even though they're always like standing next time. to each other. <laughs> um she's always looking at the camera or something just behind the camera. <laughs> and never at him. So uh I'm gonna say they they won't they. <laughs> a hard a hard won't they? Yeah. <laughs> a hard won't. I'm trying to decide, like, who is someone is going to be like fully on board, and someone's going to be the skeptic, right? So I think. Mm. Oh, so you want to say who's the Mulder, who's the Scully? Yeah, exactly. And I don't want it. I feel like it. It would be. I think it would be awful if, like, Joshua Jackson was just the Mulder and she was just the Scully. (laughs) So I want it to be flipped. Okay. I want it that to be that he's coming in and and doesn't believe or like is trying to find like rationale for things. But but then you've got um uh Denethor in there and I think he's going to be like I want him to be like a kooky um Christopher Lloyd character, a, a Doc Brown. I mean, I will say I think you're uh, you'll be correct in at least deciding either Olivia or whatever Joshua Jackson's character's name is. I honestly don't know at this point. I can't remember. <laughs> um, Peter. Peter is uh, Peter Joshua Jackson. Jackson's name. 
Peter Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think I think this will be a fun one uh, for let's let's call it for half a point. I, I, I guess you can't be wrong, so it's going to be one point if you get them both. Because if you get one right, you're going to get them both right. So Jimmy, who's the Mulder? Mm. Peter or Olivia? I want. I'm. I'm going to go Olivia because okay. I want it. And then Joe, would you agree with that, or do you want to switch it up? Um. So wait, when you say Mulder, that Mulder's the believer. Okay. Scully is the uh the skeptic. Gotcha. So uh yeah, I'm gonna go with Olivia as the Mulder. Is that what Jimmy said? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think they flip it up. Cool. Well, we'll find I out if you're so. find out if either one of you are right. Can I change it? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to change it? I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> well, then, then don't. Nah, I'm sticking. I'm sticking with it. Uh, stick, stick with it. You'll be fine. Um, all right. Well, I mean, hey, we know what we're gonna potentially what you guys are gonna find out. Some sort of X X Files esque J.J. Abrams show, in a way. Um, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. Keep an eye out for some X Files Easter eggs. There might be some in this first episode. Uh, and let's just, let's just do it. Let's just watch it. It's, it's called pilot cause Abrams hates mm-hmm. me. So, um, like he didn't know this was going to get picked up. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's dive into the first episode of fringe called pilot and we'll be back after that. back we're done uh from the first episode of fringe uh pilot it's called pilot jimmy do you have a write-up i do um this was a long episode so um a lot happened um was this like a this wasn't a two-parter was it or no it was just like fringe the movie as for the pilot okay so was it like basically a two-hour deal is that yeah, what we just probably. watched okay yeah i'm sure it was a two-hour premiere um cool okay so here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna read it's like broken up into three parts so i'm gonna read a thing and then maybe we should talk about it and then read a thing and then talk about it what do you what do you guys how do you feel yeah. about that that feels good otherwise feels so i'm good. gonna be talking <laughs> for like 10 minutes and it's just gonna be too much to digest All right, you just start talking, and then you tell us when to talk back. Okay, here we go. (laughs) A man on an international flight injects himself with an insulin pen, which releases a biological agent that quickly kills everyone on board by causing their flesh to crystallize or something. The airplane Especially melts off their faces. Yeah, they (laughs) look like... uh, They just look like zombie people. Anyway... Mm -hmm. Um, the airplane's autopilot system lands the plane at Boston's Logan Airport, where various federal agencies create a task force to investigate what occurred during the flight. FBI Special Agent Olivia Dunham and her partner, Agent Scott, are together in bed at a motel where Scott says that he loves her. Dunham receives a call from her boss, Charlie Francis, who tells her to head to the airport. Dunham is added to the interagency task force headed by special agent philip broyles 
who's Lance Riddick, just being Lance Riddick. No-nonsense cop guy. <laughs> okay, so that's the first part. Any thoughts? <laughs> um. Yeah, kind of a... I mean, I'm... I'm curious on George, uh, jo- George, George Joe's thoughts. <laughs> um, you know, just kind of a uh, a cool J.J. Abrams feeling cold open. Just like uh, the first thing you For see sure. is just like a plane in thunder. You're like, oh shit! Like something's oh, about God. to go down. Is this the plane <laughs> from Lost? It's the same <laughs> yeah. exact plane. And then, yeah, you kind of expect something with the turbulence or a crash or something, but then it turns out that uh, this guy's face is melting off and he's, like, barfing on the stewardess. <laughs> like, Oh, man, yeah, when he barfed gross. right on to the stewardess, <laughs> it was like, ugh. Yeah, with so, zombie face. Yeah. Like, right away, hooked. And yeah. then... Then the credits roll. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they go to the scene with... Um, you know, our two agents in bed. And that was intriguing. Uh, the most intriguing part of that to me was uh, there's some sort of like blanket special effects going on where like, she's like, they're like naked in bed. She's moving around a lot as they're talking, but like the blanket never comes like below her chest area. Um, hmm. It's just uh, like, it had to be like, like that. Like she's wearing like a blanket shirt or something that's like actually attached to her. I mean, or you like double sided tape. Or <laughs> you just tape it down. Yeah, it's yeah. uh, yeah, it's impressive. Some some kind of wizardry, <laughs> some sort of movie magic to make that Joe, happen. Joe, Joe, the lack of nipples very impressive in this scene. <laughs> really making yeah. Joe happy. No sex. Keep sex out of my Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it seems like they're uh they're like a secret relationship. They're kind of like they're clearly hiding it from their agency. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's kind of a faux pas to like date your partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It definitely Probably sets up for the field. Definitely sets up of like a hey, like you know, this is a relationship that's blossoming and. Hopefully nothing goes wrong from here. Mm-hmm. And nothing ever did. <laughs> that's definitely like the, the end. I feel like that's like the short description of that scene is just like, uh, like he says, I love you for the first time. And like the, uh, they work together. I'm sure. It's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have thoughts on that, but <laughs> so then, <laughs> so then they get to, they both get, you know, individual calls to come to the airport. Um and they meet Charlie, who I forget his name, but he's in the Flareoverse. He's in he's a big he's the big bad in like a season or two of Arrow. So hmm. that's where oh. I know him from. Huh. I didn't know that. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. This in Flaro? Yeah. Um he's great. He's fun. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, really, Charlie's character essentially is just like other, like in this in this episode at least, he's just other agent that is like Olivia can just tell him things that she needs to drive the plot, and they just appear a little bit later on, or you know, mm-hmm. yep, yep, just the plot device character. Yep. Okay. 
Well, that brings us to um, their like task force here with with uh, Broyles, which is just an unfortunate character name. <laughs> Broyles. Broyles. Everything about that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so should I read the next part? Do it. All right. Oops. Oh, uh, Kirk Acavedo is his name. I accidentally just like scanned over it. Okay. Following a tip, Dunham and Scott are sent to a storage facility where they uncover a biochemical laboratory, which explodes when detonated by a suspect they're chasing. Scott is affected by the chemicals released in the explosion and is placed into an artificial coma to slow the progression of the chemical reaction. While investigating a possible cure to Scott's condition, Dunham uh, blackmails Peter Bishop to gain access to his father, Dr. Walter Bishop, whose top secret work at Harvard in fringe science resulted in him being sent to a mental institution. Dunham manages to release Walter from the institution. However, he becomes enraged when he discovers his laboratory in Harvard has been shut down. Broyles reopens the laboratory where Dunham transfers Scott's body. To identify the man from the storage facility, Walter synchronizes Dunham's brain waves with the comatose Scott uh, so that she can read his mind. Walter claims that sinking brain waves and even reanimating the dead can be accomplished up to six hours after death. With the help of Dunham's assistant, Federal Agent Astrid Farnsworth? Uh, yeah, Far- Farnsworth. that was her name. Uh, the experiment succeeds. Dunham identifies the man in Scott's memory, Morgan Stieg, as a passenger on the plane. The teen learns Stieg's twin brother, Richard Stieg, was an employee of Massive Dynamic, a company founded by William Bell, Walter's old lab partner. Okay, that was a lot. That was a lot. That Mm -hmm. was a lot. There's more. (laughs) So, yeah. So, they... They end up chasing this guy, he and he blows up uh, the agent Scott, which is like the the yeah. man agent, and that in that scene, that's where I was like, yeah, of course this guy's gonna die. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, like, even before that, yeah. When they were talking in bed, I was just like, I mean, this is not gonna work out. I don't know if one of them's gonna turn out to be evil or one of them's gonna die, but like, this isn't gonna work out. Um, I mean, almost in a way, didn't he become? Wasn't he kind of both? Yeah, yeah, it ended up being huh. both. But yeah, but yeah, at least for that that blow up scene, I was like, well, he's dead. That takes care of that. <laughs> yeah. So so right before that, um, like they run out to the storage things. They're like they just like got there, and they're about to like head into like the storage units or or they're about to like dig in some trash that's some that that this tip was about they mm-hmm. saw someone putting something in the trash that's very suspicious um he says or she says you said i love you and i didn't say anything and he's like yeah i was just gonna let that go <laughs> and then she says i love you i'm like oh this guy's dead <laughs> like yeah <laughs> that like i it's love you is yeah it's the pilot kiss of death like mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was pretty clear what was about to happen yeah, he might as well have said, and I'll never die. <laughs> I promise. I'll love you I'll forever <laughs> because I'm immortal. <laughs> it's like, uh, what's that? Uh, 
the South Park guys. The Team America. Team America. Like, <laughs> promise me you'll never die. <laughs> ah. But yeah, so because he got blown up, his uh, skin and uh, started turning translucent. He was a translucent man. But apparently, he was turning to like yeah. crystal or something. I don't turning into he, a water he, balloon. He was definitely dying, mm-hmm. in a in a very interesting way. And then uh, Olivia went to Iraq to get Peter Bishop, uh, aka Charlie Conway, aka Pacey, aka Joshua Jackson. Um, mm. so that he could come back and get his dad Walter out of this like insane asylum essentially mm-hmm. that he was they, in. Yeah. They need like a next of kin to do it. Yeah. They had it's right. some just random, uh, plot device to, mm-hmm. to get Joshua Jackson in the show. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and he's some sort of like savant, but like, uh, but like a wild card, like he's a high school dropout, <laughs> but he's got an yeah. IQ of one ninety. Yeah. He's not like a regular smart kid. He's a cool smart kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And and so yeah, so they get him. They get his dad out, and obviously there's some like strife between him and his dad. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they set up his old lab laboratory underneath Harvard, mm-hmm. like you do. as he demanded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you do. Uh, and then he yeah, what did he? He pumped uh pumped Olivia full of LSD and then uh, he he she ta- got to talk to the coma boy. Yeah, yeah. So put her I mean, in a like, that's... sensory deprivation tank and. Yeah, I love how he sold that to her. Where he was like, "We can have you guys like talk, but we're gonna like put you in this tank naked and pump you full of drugs." And she's like, "Yeah." do that you're like yes person i just took out of an insane asylum i yes i trust you let's do i mean walter was kind of funny (laughs) walter was kind of funny in that scenario because he was like uh i mean well we we can figure this out but it's a bad idea but i can do it and then like peter his son was like no no my my dad's an insane person you're going to die and she's like no i'll do it and he was like I mean, I didn't. I don't think this is a good idea. Like, neither one of them were like, "This is a great idea," <laughs> but <laughs> sure. But like, Walter was like, "I'll do it. That's cool. This is fun." Yeah, <laughs> having a great time. He's having ginger ale for the first time in a long time. <laughs> Drinking his ginger ale, and then he's like, "All right, let's go make some LSD. <laughs> let's go cook. Yeah. Let's go cook some meth." I mean, I feel like Walter when he fun uh, Breaking Bad. <laughs> right yeah uh, i feel like when walter, walter talked yeah, yeah that's i mean walter white uh different character jamie not the same universe hmm. it's not old Seems walter similar. white <laughs> um but like you know every time walter talked so like i mean every once in a while he would be like oh yeah yeah we can talk to, you can you can talk to dead people as long as they've been uh dead for within six hours or mm-hmm. like you know uh telepathy and totally uh, uh, like flying and, and like I don't know dimensions I, I don't know what they said with everything but every time he like said something really weird you're like oh well let's note that for something I'm probably going to see at some point in this show <laughs> right. yeah. Um. What, what was the other part so then yeah she talked to John 
in the coma. They got that guy's like face or and and the stuff they needed, and then they went to arrest the convenient uh, twin brother. Oh yeah, that's right. Because they mm. she found the guy's face and then found out oh that guy was on the plane, which is as much as we know of that guy as the viewer where we saw this guy in the plane <clears throat> and then later we saw him at the storage facility and we're like, how did this guy survive? And right. then, yeah, it's revealed that it's, Oh, it's actually his twin brother. <laughs> right. Not sci-fi you, at all. <laughs> yeah. Who Normal used to work that happens. The, the brother used to work for this like bio weapons manufacturer or whatever. Massive dynamic. Like that doesn't even yeah. sound like a good person company. You know, <laughs> it's a bad guy company, and we <laughs> learn like about a... them early when uh, Walter name drops this guy in front of Peter, and Peter's like, Your old partner is the head of this like multi billion dollar company, and you are mm-hmm. in an insane asylum. Great, cool, mm-hmm. yeah, thanks, dad. I mean, and in somewhere in in this region of the show, Olivia goes and talks to the lady. At mm-hmm. Massive Dynamic. I think her name was Nina Sharp. It's coming up here. Okay. We're not there yet? We're not there Should yet. Should I wait? Slow your, Should I wait? Slow your roll. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. So basically, I'm so sorry. basically, Olivia uses Peter to get to Walter, and then Walter uses Olivia <laughs> to get him out of the mental hospital via Peter. It's just kind of a, just kind of a circle. And then, and then it's just like the the plot of the first X-Men movie where the senator who, who hates mutants gets, gets turned into a, a, a puddle basically. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what this guy, uh, agent Scott looked like for half of this show, more than <laughs> half of this show. <laughs> like Senator Ke- uh, Kelly, I believe is his name. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, Anything else there? I don't think so. Move on to the next, the last part here. So, so mm-hmm. then Dunham, like Josh was saying, Dunham goes to Massive Dynamic headquarters and meets with Executive Director Nina Sharp, who agrees to give her all the information on Stieg. The suspect is arrested and initially refuses to provide a list of the ingredients present in the toxin, but Peter's threat of exposing him. Uh, to the chemicals causes him to reveal the ingredients. The information provides a cure for Scott. The suspect reveals that he did not sell his chemicals, but was forced into what he did by someone from Dunham's office. The suspect leads Dunham to a buried tape recording of his phone conversations uh, about the chemicals and the attack, where Dunham realizes that Scott was involved with the attack from the beginning. Mm-hmm. While she races back dun, to the hospital, <laughs> While she races back to the hospital, Scott awakens and kills the suspect. Uh, He is chased by Dunham, but crashes his car and is mortally wounded. Before he dies, Scott asks Dunham why Broyles would send her to investigate the storage units in the first place. Dunham convinces the, the, the bishops? Dunham convinces the bishops to stay and... Oh, oh, right. Walter. It's the father's son. (laughs) Not like a clergy... I say, did you all of a sudden think this is a religious show? Right. Dunham convinces the bishops to stay and help her with her new work, which Broyles describes as a task force to investigate events related to the pattern. Elsewhere, Scott's 
dead body is brought to a massive dynamic high-tech lab where sharp orders that Scott be interrogated since he has only been dead for five hours. Oh, snap. Massive Dynamics, totally a good guy company. Not a bad guy, evil, super genius company at all. Wait, you got good guy out of that? No, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think, I don't know about William Bell by any means, but I I do remember, I do remember that like, basically Olivia goes and like, talks to Nina Sharp a bunch. So that becomes like a Clark Kent, Lex Luthor scenario for a while, mm, you know? Okay. I could see that. Um, and then, yeah, obviously they heal. They end up healing John, the 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 love slash uh, partner person. Mm-hmm. And then he just immediately murders the, the Steve guy who, mm-hmm. like, got him. So he just becomes a bad guy, like, right that away. Fun. That was fun. I liked that. It was a fun twist like, for me. I thought it was pretty good because obviously you were like, oh, he's going to die. And then he explodes. Mm-hmm. And then they actually managed to save him. And you're like, oh, look at that. And Maybe I he will be that. like that they saved him. <laughs> I hated that they saved them. And oh, then when well, they, don't worry. And then they turn it right around. He's a bad guy. I was like, okay, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then they immediately killed him again. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I like I liked that as well. Um, I guess I'm not like the only thing that like is kind of hard for me to swallow or like for, for believability sake is that like Peter would really want to like stick around and like hang out with his estranged father of that's been like a, locked away for 17 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can, I can that's understand that. That's the only thing out no, of all of well, this? I mean, <laughs> well, that, that would. That that part, the part that's based in sort of reality. Okay, okay, sure, um, that's fair. It just see, I mean, you, I mean, obviously, I feel like you know any human would be kind of sympathetic of somebody else getting like recommitted when you think, <laughs> and it would that would oh, suck. Back in. I but, mean, I they, mean, just to be devil's advocate, so like they set up Peter as like he's he's on the run from something, um, and Olivia, she like under false pretenses like tells him you know there's this like file and we we can like basically blackmails him into coming and then she comes clean later and says okay there is no file but i know that you're in trouble and so he he's not going back to anything cool somewhere you know (laughs) he's got nowhere and then and then at the end he's like I just had like a five minute conversation with my dad where he wasn't an insane person. That's kind of cool. <laughs> so he, they give him a little bit of reason to be. Yeah, wrong. I guess that's true. And I mean, I suppose they'll probably use his like reluctance as plot devices later on where he's like, ah, oh, I should have left. I'm going to leave, you know? Oh, for sure. He's a, he's a brooding, uh, angsty guy. Put my dad back. I just want to go play hockey for the ducks again. <laughs> Quack, quack. Uh, Joe, what did you think about uh, John uh, getting healed and then immediately becoming bad and getting killed? Um, yeah, it's interesting because it like it was already pretty close to the end of the episode. I feel like that was after the last commercial break that all of that happened. Yeah. Um, 
that I, th- I thought we were just like wrapping up and then all of a sudden we've got like one more chase scene and a new bad guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Throwing I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I dislike that so much as just I was just surprised by it. Like it was already um, a long episode with a lot of twists and turns. I thought that the the plot had been wrapped up and we were just going to, you know, give you kind of the next time, which I, I guess they still did, but um, with the added plus of, oh yeah, and this guy's going to heel turn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Love it bold i don't know if that guy, maybe that guy was in it maybe that guy was expensive and they can only afford him for one episode so they, <laughs> that guy they could have got anyone to play that guy <laughs> i mean he just looks like every everyone he's kind of <laughs> there's a there's yeah. a guy like that there's just a like a white stone-faced dude like that in every show Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially like, and it could have like gone on the set of any procedural and found that guy right. as a as like an extra. <laughs> That's probably where they got him. Yeah, it might have been where they got him. Um, a couple things that I I was wondering about. Well, one is my like looking back at like 2008, seeing um town every time they went to a different town and they had that like floating large text everywhere mm-hmm. that to me looked terrible and was dumb. <laughs> I was like, was oh, you guys found hard like, to read. Guys <laughs> found a cool new text that you could float in the middle. Like this is like fun. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that was like the pinnacle of like transitional <laughs> text yeah. or something. Yeah. It felt like a thing that, um, like they thought maybe made it look prestige, but it really just kind of looked cheap. Maybe that's, 2021 looking back but uh, yeah, yeah it might be but yeah yeah I, I thought it looked a little worse than it probably was meant to be mm-hmm. it's no big white block letters over the entire screen like in control that's yeah right. that's great <laughs> so that's the thing is though it's like you can't go wrong with something like that like it's pretty like bland and it's just boom and you're like cool mm-hmm. i can read i can read they're in massachusetts cool <laughs> you know you don't have to like <laughs> fight the street sign scenery to read the cool 3D like diagonal text mm-hmm. for some reason. Right. Um, the other thing is, which I actually did like, and I'm wondering if you guys liked it and noticed some of the things is those like little like kind of like X-ray pictures or I guess that they had kind yeah, of in transition right commercials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know if you did you pay attention to those at all. Uh, there was like, uh, there's like an apple, I think a butterfly or something. Yeah, but did you know like the apple, like where the seeds are, where the apple was, was like two little babies. Two little oh. babies. Yeah, like it was like little babies. Ba- it, it was as if it was like an, two babies growing in an apple core. Oh, I and then I think that. the I think the leaf had like a triangle in it, almost like Illuminati. Hmm. Um, I know there's a hand so, because then at the end in the massive dynamic place there it was a leaf mm-hmm. on the door yeah there's a handprint with six fingers i remember that yeah oh. hmm. so those are all those hmm. are all kind of fun and i guess i don't even know they might i mean if yeah because obviously the the leaf one was in ma- massive dynamic so 
I'm sure that maybe uh, relates to plot somehow, but it's just kind of like little Easter eggs throughout the throughout That's the fun. show that are fun. That is fun. You can count on J.J. Abrams to do quirky little things like that. Apparently, this is one of the most expensive pilots in television history, according to Wikipedia. $10 million. Seems like a lot for a TV show. A lot of effects. Yeah. It's all that. A pilot. It, was all, it was all that text for the towns. Cost a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of graphic design. They actually, they actually, uh, they actually um, put those in the city. That's why it was so expensive. Those are real. Those are real 3D letters. Um. Oh, I I did say look out for uh, X Files uh, Easter mm. eggs, and I realized that uh, in this episode at least I didn't catch any because what the one I was thinking of that I thought was the pilot was actually season two episode one. Um, and in that episode, there's two different things that happen that I'll just tell you guys. Cause I think they're fun is they're chasing somebody like through a house or something like that. And there's a TV on and the TV is like the first episode of the X-Files where like the, the light comes down and the person gets like abducted or whatever. Nice. So it's there. Somebody in the, this uh, dark place is watching X-Files and then broils at some point tells like olivia that there used to be an x division Mm. of uh the fbi but it like got shut down like a little ways back or something like that fun so they do a little nod towards the x files but that's about it nice but that's season two one episode one apparently not definitely clearly is influenced yes very much so very much so. Uh, nice. Before we get into predictions, just I guess I want to know what you guys think about uh, how was this as a pilot? Did it do, did it do well? Do you want to keep watching it? Um, I almost kind of feel like it was uh, a little much, <laughs> and maybe that's like kind of picky, but like um, a little much in terms of for a lot of it were tracing down this one plot point of there was some sort of chemical attack on a plane and we're trying to figure out what that was. Um, and we, you know, we narrow it down to this one guy who used to work for this like mysterious company and like there's things going on there. But then like within the last five minutes, it all kind of blows up where there's a double agent. And then the, the Boyles guy says something to agent Dunham, our protagonist about like, Hey, I'm going to need you to like chase down these other phenomena phenomena that we're calling the pattern. Um, and there's a whole world of crazy shit out there. Um, that it just kind of, it blew my mind a little bit of like, um, it made me kind of feel like I don't really know what to expect in the Mm. next episode, which is, I feel like they're trying to go for like, Hey, like you never know what's going to happen. There's like a whole world out here, but I looked at it as in like, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what to pull from this. That's going to pull me to the next episode. Yeah. Broyles yeah. examples were like weird about what he wanted. Cause he was like, there's like 46 kids that like disappeared and then all came back mm-hmm. and we're all the same age. Some like sonic plane that like caused a tsunami that killed like 90,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said something else. 
Yeah. And then he was like, something, something, the pattern, which was like, you know, mm-hmm. the buzzword that Nina said to her mm-hmm. earlier. I feel like yeah. the things that worked for me are like, I feel like Joshua Jackson is like the, probably the best performance in this episode of just like, he seems very confident in his kind of like wily smart guy, but with kind of a baby face character. <laughs> um, the main protagonist of Olivia is a little bit too cold to really know what's going on there, but maybe that gets developed. So I feel like if you're, if you're along to hang out with Joshua Jackson and look into some weird stuff, people's faces melting off, then, then yeah, mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I actually also liked, um, uh, Walter and Peter, I thought their dynamic got like kind of grew as the episode went on to be kind of fun where it's like, like, no, Walter, you're insane. Like I get it though. But like, mm-hmm. you're great. Like, cause I'm also really smart, but also you need to think about this angle. And then all of a sudden Peter would be on board. Peter mm-hmm. Jackson. But yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. Like, I don't think this needed to be too like a two hour long thing. It almost felt like this was a whole big setup to what a pilot, like this is not now what you really think of in a pilot. It almost Mm -hmm. seems like now this next episode will set up what the show is going to be about. Cause they're going to like enter into this new division or whatever. And we're going to see this new world. Mm -hmm. This was like the prequel. Interesting. Yeah. It's kind of setting the ground. (laughs) Almost like ep- um, this is almost episode zero in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, also, do you guys think you agreed that you both were right uh, with uh, Olivia being Mulder and Peter being Scully? Kind in of. In a way. I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, of of the two, Olivia was totally on board. And Peter would be like, nah, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily think he was like, quote unquote, like, you know, like skeptical of what was going on per se. He was just like, this is insane because you're going to kill yourself doing this stuff. This is just a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah. So he was skeptic in the way of like, he's not like pro his crazy dad stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's do predictions. Let's do let's do those. Oh, um, uh, here I'm gonna do mine first, and that's just because I I've seen the last episode. I have absolutely no idea <laughs> what happens. I I feel like in my mind things are bonkers, but that's really all I can think. I I can slightly remember. So what I did was I just wrote four things that uh, would relate to some sort of potential, like maybe sci-fi or like you know odd occurrence things so i'm just gonna say maybe we'll see one of these one to four of these things in the last episode Mm -hmm. number one time travel because it's jj abrams Mm. and he does that um two terminator like robots Ooh. uh three laser guns (laughs) into it and number four, because they talked about it, reanimated corpses. 
Mm. Cool. Plural. <laughs> oh, I, I wrote corpse. <laughs> so, I, I'll, yeah, if there's one, I'm taking the point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Um, I can go. Um, I think that they come back to, um, you know, people melting. I, th- I think we get to see someone melt again. Nice. Um, I think that Olivia has become the director of whatever department she's in charge of. Um, X-Files. Boyles, yeah. <laughs> Boyles uh, keeps referring to as her job title, her as a liaison. So I think oh, right. she's now going to be called director. Nice. Um, I think Peter at the end of this episode, like leaves to go kind of be a nomad again and just wander the globe. Mm. Um, and then my last one is aliens, baby. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me so happy. Aliens. Cause I also have aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, um, I think they at least make a reference to meeting an alien. Okay. Uh, Then I have, um, Oh, one thing I didn't, I didn't mention is that somewhere in like the middle of this pilot episode, uh, Peter starts making eyes at, uh, at Olivia, Olivia, Octavia. What's her name? Olivia, Olivia, Olivia Mm -hmm. Newton, John. Um, I wrote down Dumb. Octavia. I realized. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay, so I have um Olivia and Peter sitting in a tree. This is my number one. What are they doing? What ing are they doing? Banging <laughs> in a tree. <laughs> no, I think they're together. <laughs> is okay. what I meant by that. The number two, I think Walter dies. I'm hoping oh. in a blaze of glory somehow. I I hope. I hope he sacrifices himself in some cool way that he like he has to die. Um, but Walter dies. And then I have basically number three or number four, I guess, is because because Walter dies, Peter is taking up the Dr. Bishop mantle. Probably with an honorary degree from somewhere because he didn't so graduate like the next high school. I- it's not like the next Iron Man or anything. You just yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, okay, well, let's watch the finale then. Um, there was two episodes on the last day that it was um, aired on January 18th, 2013, but they were two standalone episodes. Uh, the first one was called Liberty. That's not the one we're going to watch. We are watching the finale, episode 100, called An Enemy of Fate. So we're going to get to that one, and we'll be back after that. And we're back. We're uh, we're done with the finale of Fringe, which is called An Enemy of Fate. Jimmy, <laughs> can you tell us what we just watched? Uh, I can <laughs> tell you what the write-up says. Okay. Um, via Claudio um, from Brazil on IMDb. September asks December. So right, o- right off the bat. <laughs> Things are weird. <laughs> I think all those like white guys with no hair were just they're named just after months. months. Yeah, there's twelve yeah. of and them. They're like from so the future, course, right? Months. They're something like that. They're yeah. <laughs> well, I'll we'll get there. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> so September asks December to bring an initiating reactor to complete the time machine. <laughs> That's the first sentence. So off the rails. Then he meets Walter, Peter, Olivia, and Astrid and explains how the device works. We never talked about Astrid. She was introduced herself in the pilot as Olivia's uh, like assistant and had some, some stuff to do in the lab. Um, so then Peter finds a farewell videotape from Walter addressed to him. Um, and then Olivia and Astrid go to December's apartment to find the initiating reactor, but they find him hanged and the part taken by the observers. Astrid suggests to use an observer shipping lane instead. Olivia and Peter go to the observer's headquarters and use chemical gas to retrieve a control cube uh, to use the shipping lane. They also rescue Broyles, uh, that was interrogated by Windmark, who was another one of these observers. So I guess they're not all months. Um, now they start to set in motion the plan to defeat the observers. So a lot of weird stuff happened. Also, the observers, or maybe it wasn't them, but when they when they went into the, like place to save broils and apparently get a cube or something Mm -hmm. like they all they all they all had like these little snake squid octopus things that came out of them as if they were all uh uh for lack of a better way to say it to be extremely nerdy they were all like a lot of what was that dax lady from like deep space nine who was like a worm that lived in people oh yeah forgot about that nope you following me, Joe? <laughs> I don't know if so. There was a bunch of different things going on there. So it says, like in the in the continuity section of the wiki for this episode, it talks about things they used against the observers, including nematode worms, reactive iso- radioactive isotopes parasitic cold slug anti-gravity osmium bullets which is the like bullets they shoot the people and then they float and then a hallucinogenic drug that simulates deadly butterflies and skin growth toxins so all these all these things that we like saw them like fighting with like the observers mess dealing with apparently are things from the show's first three Hmm. seasons and so they're showing that even though the timeline is like changing or like Peter is like erased that they, they still occur in this timeline. I don't know. We're all over the place, man. Yeah, it was uh this is a rough one to jump into. And then like Peter and Olivia were, were they married? Because Peter was wearing a wedding ring. And they definitely smooched. And then, like, mm-hmm. later on, the very end, they were, like, in a field with a child, which seemed almost like a different time. It seemed unconnected, yeah, like almost linear, a, linearly. Almost like a Lin- different timeline. Linearly. <laughs> Can't say the word. Yeah. Yeah, it did. At least that seemed like what they were going for. Right. So, lots I mean, of timeness. 
Timey, timey, wimey. It says, um, the, the, the fringe wiki fandom says observers were evolved humans from one possible future of mankind in an attempt to study their evolution. They used their time periods technology to go back in time. I mean, they were like teleporting all over the place. I was like, what's going on here? I've seen, <laughs> I've seen this show. I have no idea what was going on. <laughs> yeah. They had all kinds of future tech. I did not I did not get that there was time travel involved in this per se. Like I I kind of picked up that like the observer people were potentially like maybe from the future, but when they were like opening a portal at the end or whatever and uh Walter and that one of the kid that kid, yeah, Michael, like went through it. I did not they were ta- were they time they were time traveling? I didn't even I didn't get that. At least I didn't know that's what they were doing. Hmm. Yeah, so in the lab, there's this whole thing, and and the the walk the what what is this called? Uh, the little like plot synopsis kind of glossed over it, but um, there's this like amber like honeycomb looking thing that somehow they're like shooting some sort of ray gun into it to like I, I don't understand what it is yeah, it's like, like a melting time stuff away or something there. and yeah and finding finding trinkets <laughs> and cows um and one of the things is a like needle and walter's like oh, well, i don't know what that is and then and then after peter finds the tape then they sit down and watch it together and it's like this tape from the future of Walter, like the near future, because he's wearing the same clothes, saying that he like explaining how he has to leave with Michael um, to go into the future. And then he's like, just kidding. I knew what that syringe was. It was like in an, some sort of inoculation so that I can go through this time portal with Michael and I'm going to leave forever. Peace. And then September later is like, no, just kidding. I'm going to go. But then he gets killed at the end. I think I blinked <laughs> and he was dead. He died like. He kind of like. There was a, well, they're just like running down the road in the middle of the road while people were like shooting guns. And then he got like shot, fell over and like died basically immediately. Uh, and then everybody else right where he died just kind of like hung out there for a really long time like i was like aren't aren't people still shooting guns around you why are you why are you still just here like there was no urgency after that one guy got killed for like walter to grab the kid and go through the the wormhole or whatever or for peter to like get out of he was standing in the middle of the road too it was just that part seemed weird to me just because i was like i get it you're trying to make this guy's death and all that this be important. But like as a viewer, I understand what's happening around them and they should be like hiding from bullets. Classic. Classic (laughs) Jabrams. 
Uh, um, Joe, did you love this? You know, like did you love it so much. This tends to happen a lot with sci-fi or fantasy shows that we watch, where you're thrown into the end and you're just like, "What?" <laughs> um, and and this was, you know, right. kind of one of those. Um, so a lot of confusion of what's going on, but I think the thing that I noticed that was a little bit different from other like sci-fi shows that we watch is that seemed a lot more like sentimental than most finales, I guess that we've seen of the, this type of genre. There's just like, like a lot of time spent mm-hmm. on the, like the Peter Walter relationship and with like the time travel stuff of how he's Walter is going to like go back through the wormhole or whatever. And he's like, not going to be around. And this time that they had together was like stolen. <laughs> um, and then, like, there's, like, again, like, something sentimental that happened at the end that I didn't understand. Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I felt like almost, like, a lot of the beginning of the episode was kind of setting mm-hmm. up a lot of the sentimental stuff. There wasn't much, like, gunfire and action till yeah. the later. It's just, it's just interesting because, like, almost, from the know. pilot, I can see that, like, things are going to get wild in terms of the sci-fi and dimensions and timelines i like yeah totally see that coming but i just didn't see that like uh you know that so much of like the inter-character relationship stuff would play a big part in the finale for a show like this Mm -hmm. i guess yeah and this episode what i mean we lost all of the like sort of like lab, like CSI medical drama. Like, even though it was sci-fi in the pilot, we, we like lost a lot of that. I feel like. And then, and then all of a sudden we had a, just a battle, (laughs) just like a sci-fi. I was really hoping (laughs) those guys were aliens because they were talking like they were aliens, but they were just from the future. Yeah, it's probably hard to keep that almost like procedural type scenario. Because, I mean, this show obviously had uh, kind of took on the monster of the week mantle that like X-Files left behind, you know. Those are like the procedures are like the longest (laughs) shows of all time. Grey's is still on. Yeah, but this show was trying to have a little bit more substance, I think, than like, say, NCIS or something Overall arc. You know, it goes... Yeah, there was an actual plot and arc to it, but they obviously then got to pepper in some sort of monster or like phenomenon of the week with this type of show because, you know, they could have like a levitating man one episode and then they can explain why this is like science and not an (laughs) X-File, basically. Um, But then when you get rid of that, then you just have plot and they can't be in the lab doing fun things all the time especially near the end they just kind of gotta well not in a jj abrams <laughs> show i think there needs to be a, a new word like arc doesn't really do it justice for jj abrams because like it's uh, like lightning bolts <laughs> like i don't know because like how does he go in to pitch a show like here's like here's the pilot but it's going to be a whole different thing by the end. Totally different show. I, I mean, I bet he goes, all right, oh, here's the deal. So it's light X-Files, but 
instead of like monsters, science can explain <laughs> it. All right, cool, JJ. Cool. Here's ten where's million gonna, dollars. Where's it gonna go from there? Well, no one knows. I think there might be like time travel, <laughs> and that's what he says every time. Yeah. You know. <laughs> And they go, okay, okay, okay. Uh, do you have a plan how to end it? Well, that's like five years from now. I'll figure it out. Come on. I figured oh, I totally out Lost. I figured out Felicity. It'll be fine. And there, and everyone goes, yeah, okay, JJ, for sure. And then there's one intern going like, dog, you guys really he doesn't know how to finish shows. Like, he doesn't, guys, he doesn't. <laughs> this is going to get qu- real weird. He starts them and quits before they're over. Like, he knows this isn't his problem. <laughs> I, th- I, like, honestly, like, what J.J. Abrams show is he, like, still essentially around at the end still? Hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't... I guess I did read in the wiki for this episode that he, like, hadn't... Like, it was a interview that he, he hadn't seen the final cut yet but he'd like read the script and it and he and he believed it was going to be unbelievable (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh could you imagine like reading a script and just being like oh man this unbelievable i haven't checked the source but it says that the filming took place in december of of early december of 2012 and in in a january interview he hadn't he hadn't seen the finale but he thought the script was going to Yeah, I'll get to it. I mean, yeah, this episode came out January 18th of that year. (laughs) It was probably days before it came out. Right? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Obviously, yeah, it's like the show started one way, ends another way. You know J.J. Abrams. I guess if you've watched a a J. Abrams, you, you should be prepared by it by this time, you know? I, if yeah. that guy ever comes out with another TV show, I'm watching every single one week to week, and I'm going to be completely part of the zeitgeist to just fully experience I, the yeah. nuts that a Jay Brim's show can be. That might be the only way to do it. I've never, I've never done it like that. Like I watched Lost after it was completely yeah. done, and everyone was pissed. <laughs> you know, I watched this show after it was completely done. I'm never watching Felicity. That can die in a hole forever. <laughs> um, what other shows did he do? Anything? You can't, That's you can't it. think of anything else. I feel That's like we've done more of his shows. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sure there's more. I just can't, I can't play some right now. Uh, Joe, you're going to watch the show? Um, you know, there's potential there. Um, just Ooh. because the, the topic of just like, there's a bureau investigating weird stuff is always an interesting premise. Um, and that, uh, yeah, I'm kind of into that. It ends in time travel. <laughs> yeah. I also think, um, especially the first couple seasons, like one through three are more of like, uh, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, a background overarching, like kind of, you know, storyline that's kind of pressing through the seasons but at the same time you know one weekend there's a werewolf but really it's a guy Mm -hmm. that put a serum in his body and then then, you know two weeks later there's a transforming car that is a panther or something but that's because of 
evolution or some bullshit. <laughs> so and, and so, but it's it gets interesting yeah. like that, you know. Those are terrible example. No one would watch either one of those episodes, I don't think. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sure whatever episodes they came up with uh, were actually entertaining. I remember them being entertaining, at least. I just don't know what they were. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think? You got the J. You got the Jabrams uh, bug. I I like. I feel like everything about these shows that we've watched except for felicity from what i could tell like are things that i normally would be super into like i love sci-fi stuff but i I, like Mm -hmm. i want to love jj abrams shows but i just they get so far away from like i don't know it makes me nervous like loss is like a totally different thing Mm -hmm. by the end i don't know I do feel I'm I'm with you that I think if I watched it like week to week, like you'd I feel like you'd be pretty sucked in. I I think I would have rolled into episode two. Um, with little hesitation, before watching this finale. But honestly, just looking at this like J.J. Abrams list, he's executive produced a lot of stuff, and he just recently did Lovecraft country oh i've been watching that I, I i think i'd rather just pop that on see what that's about yeah. apparently he was executive professor uh <laughs> professor of westworld not professor jj abrams <laughs> executive professor of television he probably calls himself that also, he probably castle rock isn't that nathan fillion no castle is nathan fillion oh sure right I don't know what Castle Rock is, to be honest. Some Hulu show. All right. Anyway. Cool. Um, I've watched all of it, so I can't answer this uh, legitimately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I thought Apparently, I thought it was good enough to watch all of it. Um, predictions. I guess I went first, so I can go first again. Well, I guess number one, I said time travel, so I, I suppose I was right there. That's true. That is true. Uh terminator like robots uh no no they were just people yeah. i said laser guns they they were like shooting like little pellet gun pew pews like for a thing and for one second i was like oh was that a laser and i'm like nah it wasn't it's kind of a bummer i don't really know i wouldn't consider whatever they shot laser guns they almost seemed mm-hmm. they, they weren't laser guns uh and then reanimated corpse or corpses, uh, and I didn't see that either. But hmm. I'll take my one point. Uh, I don't think I got anything. I had uh, someone melts. I had uh, Olivia as the director, which it seems like her role is kind of diminished. Actually, um, I thought she was gonna kind of be like the hmm. like the core uh, lead, but it seems kind of. I mean, it yeah, kind of seems like she still works like for more Broyles, of an ensemble, you know. Um, I had that Peter leaves to wander the globe and know he's kind of settled by the end. Um, and aliens, and I don't think we had aliens. So those are just mm-hmm. uh so future no people points. apparently. Yeah, they kept saying things like "when we came here," and I was like, "Ah, <laughs> oh, you're totally from outer space." But no time. 
I had also aliens, so no aliens. I had Olivia and Peter sitting in a tree, and that seems to be true. That's definitely true. I have a daughter. And then I thought Walter was going to die. He didn't die. He just walked off into the future, I guess. Although then we got in the final scene a letter from him somehow to Peter with a picture of a tulip that Peter looks like he, like, ah, this is some sort of clue mystery adventure thing that I'm going to do now. So maybe Walter's around. He just mailed it like the day before he went into the portal. (laughs) You'll know what this means. And then I had that, oh, that Peter would take up the like, whatever crazy old kook science guy role that Walter had, but inconclusive. Probably not. So I got one. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what maybe their jobs were after that, but it almost seemed like they were like implied that they were like happily retired or something, you know, or something. Yeah. For at least from a sci-fi FBI in. It was very interesting to me that the whole like crew was was in this episode. Like, yeah, Broyles everyone from the first episode. Astrid was there. We didn't see Charlie. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Charlie. Yeah, we didn't see Charlie. Dead or gone. But besides that, everyone that was like a good guy character from the beginning episode was there. You're right. Even the cow. (laughs) That was the bookend. (laughs) The cow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Even the cow was there. Okay. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's Fringe, everybody. Thank you for listening. If you would like to uh, send us show suggestions or just, you know, tell us what you think of us, you can at FNLpodcast on the Twitter or on the Gmails. Those are that, those are the contact things to uh, get in contact with us. If you're on a uh, listening device that's an app where you listen to uh, podcasts, uh, rate, us, rate us a rate. Give us a star or five. That would be much appreciated. And uh, that's kind of it. We'll see you next week on another First and Last. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. I hope I see a knuckle puck. <laughs>